Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier this morning with Mitfred Mundell, new CEO for Africa for Theta Gold Mines. Uh, he talks to us about his change of strategy for the company from opencast to underground mining for high-grade gold. They've got a 15 million bucks at the market facility in place. Uh, we we're kind of interested to see how he sees the next 12 months. And if you want our thoughts and opinions on what he said, the company itself, their plans, uh, generally, and Mitford, uh, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club, where you can also find detailed company reports and analysis. We've got commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities. We've got training courses on there. We've also got summaries of all the interviews that we've done just to save you some time because we know you're busy people. But most of all, there's a wonderful, thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly, safe environment, free from all that judgment, trolling, and abuse you see elsewhere. And if that sounds nice to you, and I hope it does, Go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Midford, how are you, sir? Very well. Thank you. Yourself, Mid. Not too bad. Not too bad. Glad to be speaking to you. You're the new CEO, as far as we're concerned, because we haven't spoken before, um, at Theta Gold Mines. Um, so where in the world are you? I'm in uh, Johannesburg, so based in South Africa. Um, that's where our operations are at the moment. So uh, I live, live in uh, Stellenbosch in, in uh, oh, very the Western Cape. Nice. Well, I've um, been most of my time away from home now. Yes, yes, yes. yes. We're about to hear all, of, all about it. And uh, how, how are things down in South Africa? I haven't had an update for a while. Yeah, so um, you know, things are, are sort of picking up. Uh, we passed the big lockdowns, hopefully for, for good. Um, inoculations started at least, uh, so hopefully that will also pick up. But the economy is slowly starting to pick up, and um, uh, in terms of the mining industry, is you know it goes full speed. Um, uh, hopefully, we can start to get uh, the overseas tourists back soon. Well, I, I certainly agree with the last bit. I'd love to, love to get back there. I'm glad all is well and it's business as usual in the mining uh, context. Hey, I'll tell you what, before we meet you properly, why don't you give us a one minute overview for people new to this story and I'll pick it up from there with some questions. Okay, yeah, so Theta Gold Mines, uh, it's an ASX listed uh, company um, and it's uh, we've got about 6 million ounces in gold resources uh, in South Africa, about 350 kilometers east of Johannesburg. Basically, it's uh, we control our, gold, our own gold field there. It was the basis of the first gold rush in South Africa. And, um, and when, uh, you know, in those days when everyone scrambled sort of to the Witwatersrand when that was discovered, um, you know, it was a bit neglected. Um, and that's good for us because now we still have it. So six million ounces is really just the start of where we are. We've got about 40 old mines um, uh, that we haven't even started looking at. So it's not sitting in the resource. So, so a lot of work, uh, you know, happening to, you know, to bring that into the resource as well. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's a plant and tailings facility that uh, we need to upgrade uh, as we now in this development phase of, of bringing these mines into production. Brilliant. Okay, well, we're going to talk about that in, in a second, but I guess we better get an introduction to you. And we've heard your name mentioned when we've interviewed Bill. I spoke, uh, in fact, I spoke to Bill off camera, um, I think, October, November um, as well. So you've come in as the new CEO Africa. 
well, there is only one asset and it's in Africa. So you are the CEO de facto. Um, so when did you actually join the company? Because I think the, you, were, you were involved prior to being appointed CEO, weren't you? Yeah, I was approached for, for the position um, sort of beginning of last year. Uh, we started the conversations. I looked into it, um, and uh, and it was I was uh, sort of uh, doing my own thing as a business coach um, after I left my previous position as CEO of Mepo Diamonds, and um, and we decided I'll first give it a good look. So I started about this time last year, um, just getting involved as business coach for the team at the time, um, and immediately we we just started. Sort of investigate our thoughts. I brought our current CEO, chief operating officer that started in the end with me. Um, so he also came in. We did our sort of investigations and got to the point uh, probably around August last year to say, okay, yes, we 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 uh, will take this thing on. It's, it, it's good. Um, so I started officially in the position uh, in October and and dropped it to the the CEO as well. Okay, so a couple of things there. So what is a business coach? Well, it's somebody that asks a lot of questions to people so that they come up with the best answers for themselves. Right. But you just need to know what questions to ask, I guess. Right. But, but, there's, but I just want to be clear about the separation between, you know, personal coaching for business executives and business yeah. coaches which are looking at companies. So yeah. you're the latter. Yes. No. So, so um, it's a the the process. The coaching process is the same thing. It's the same process, but focus on on business. So you're not going to uh, sort of help people sort out their marriage problems uh, when you're a business coach. You you help them sort out their business issues. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, I I would probably use management consultancy. So you're coming and looking at a business, going, what's right, what's wrong, asking. I would say asking all the dumb questions and all the smart questions and seeing what uh, what uh, is uncovered. Okay. Un- understood. G- give me a little bit more about your background. You mentioned a company that you were CEO of, and I also know that you were uh, at Harmony as well. So what? G- give us a little bit of background, if you don't mind. Yeah. So so I started my career in 1988 uh, as a learner official. Of the bursary with Rand Mines at the time, uh, studied mining, and um, yeah. So over time, so spent 12 years uh, working for Harmony, um, going through all the ranks. So I was a miner and a shift boss and a mine captain and a mining manager and a general manager and uh, and a business coach. Actually, um, we actually had a position business coach at that stage, which was basically like uh, like a sort of divisional. Uh, Chief Operating Officer. Um, and then the last few years um, in Omnia, I actually ran the company's business improvement section. Um, when Bernard Swanepoel uh, left, I thought, well, it's a good idea for me, uh, idea for me to also make a, a change. And um, I ended up working for the Beers for five years, um, Chief Operating Officer of the Namibian Operations, and then um, at, pulled into the head office again, also to run the company's business improvement. So for some reason, every time I get pulled into running business improvement. And then um, and then I was approached by Namakwa Diamonds, <clears throat> and I was CEO there for five years, operations in, in Lesotho and South Africa. And um, and that was also sort of an optimization uh, project, really, if I can call it that. And we took that mind life from originally three years when we arrived there to to 20 years now, and my team's still going strong there. 
Right, fantastic. Okay, so you, um, just just again for for the viewers here, just trying to understand some of the vocabulary and terminology here. So, looking at the com a company's operations or optimizing its operations is one component. Managing the market is another. So, you know, were you focused on one or both of those things in your previous roles? Yeah. So my previous so Namekwa, um, you know, managing the sort of full spectrum. And obviously in diamonds, you know, it's, it goes right through the, the, the cycle, to the sales cycle, uh, et cetera. So, so, but we, it was a private, private company, so we had, uh, we had one investor, so didn't have to raise money, you know, in other places. And, and now um, in this position, really my primary task is, is to get uh, these operations running um, in an optimal way. That's my basic skill set, but obviously I work closely with Bill um, and Richie on, on the investor side as well, and uh, okay. telling our story. Yeah, that's, okay, that's really what it. Is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talking about Bill Guy and Richie Yang there. Um, so you're working with them. So your focus is really optimization of these of the, of the project here. Now, what you have done, you've walked in and changed things up a bit. We're now going underground. Change the strategy, right? So, what, how did you how did you get to that point? Was was that what you were brought in to do? I'm, but what did Bill say? I here's what I need you to do, please, uh, Metford. Uh, well, it, the the starting point was well, come and come, come and build this mine, which at that stage was the first stage was an open cast operation, and then flowing into the underground. And um, so during my time before I started in October, um, Jack and I, you know, looked at, look, sort of looked at it as a clean slate, not just what was given to us. And um, the thing is about these ore bodies, there's, there's multiple edits that basically run into the, mount, into the mountains. It's flat lying, very shallow uh, uh, um, reefs. Um, and, and you can basically just walk into, you know, in, into all these mines. So underground is not the sort of in a traditional sense, you, you know, it's a big project, you have to go and sink a shaft and then you get underground. Um, so, so it's really comparable to, to the sort of ease of entry of the open cost. So we took a good look at it and, and you know, the, the, the sort of speed of getting into it is, is the same, um, but the grades are, are, are better. So, so we, we quickly got to the point where we realized this is, this is where we need to go. And that's the strategy that we've put on the table and that we're following now. So we have the open cost. But the open cost also, it's, you know, apart from the fact that it's low grade and it does have a very good, um, it's got very good financials and yet we've done a full feasibility study on it. Um, but the underground is just better. And it's not the one or the other. It's going to be integrated over time. But the starting point, um, getting into first gold is going to be underground. Right. Okay. You've done a PFS. I, so I'm sort of diving straight into it. Um, and, and for existing shareholders, I guess that's what they'll want. For people coming at it and you, perhaps um, worth watching the previous interviews with Bill on how we've, you know, how we've got to this point. So th the PFS and indeed the metallurgical work have told yeah. you what? I mean, what were you looking, what were the questions you're looking to answer? Uh, and of course, you know, What's that told you or allowed you, what allowed you to make the decision? Underground is better. The economics are better. So if you give us some of those numbers and then the thought process. Yeah, so as we, we sort of stand, I mean, the, 
the the open cost project gave about eight hundred dollars an ounce between eight and nine hundred dollars dollars an ounce uh, all in sustaining costs. So so we you know we needed to get to, to something similar, and so so we had to very early on determine what what the sort of costs would be for for this underground. And and it turns out um, and it, this this pre-feasibility study that we've now done in the first three mines. Um, it comes over the life of, of almost eight years to, to an all-in sustaining cost of, of uh, just over $900 an ounce. Now, but that is not the, the whole story because the, our pre-feasibility study, we've excluded all inferred resources. So it's, so it's only, it's sort of a, it's got a drop-off in the last few years. And that obviously has an effect on, on, the, on the average cost. But the, at peak production, it's uh, it comes in at eight hundred dollars an ounce, so it's very much in terms of cost comparable. But with a with the first plant that we that we put up, um, you're just going to get many more ounces with higher grade at the same cost per ounce. So so it just very quickly made sense to us. And the cost that we have in is um, you know we've got a, a contingency of fifteen percent. Uh, on the working costs and 20% on the on the capital costs, so we're very positive about about the cost numbers. Um, and as we now um, conclude our, our battle feasibility study, um, uh, those numbers will come down because we'll actually add another another mine into it, a fourth mine into it, Richfontein, that's higher grade, um, also easy access. So, so you know, we we see all in costs of of. Uh, of under eight hundred dollars, um, and you know, if this is only this pre-feasibility study only looked at about sixteen percent of the underground resource that we have. So it's really just a starting point for us. Um, and you know, there's over the next five years, we we plan to bring in six of these mines, um, which we've identified the th first three, and then very very quickly after that, the fourth one, Reedfontein. And then uh, the biggest mine, actually, Linz Leidenberg, you know, that's that's produced most of the the um, or the biggest uh, production in the in the old days. Um, that's that's actually the sixth one that we bring in. So um, it's like uh, you know somebody said the other day, this is like a, a, a dog catching a food truck. You don't really know where where to start, but now we know. You know, we know for a fact. And, um, and now we're full speed, um, you know, right. focused. Right. See, see, nice analogy. Um, because it answers it, well, I, I think it begins to answer a question, which is most people would be nervous about, which is you, you're talking about a maiden resource of 419,000 ounces. It's not a lot. But if there's a plan to go and add to that quickly through looking at an additional six or seven mines, then I, I guess that can happen. But that's going to cost you money. And well, it's, yeah, sorry to interrupt you, Matt. It's, it's actually not just looking at the regional or, or the other mines. And it actually is not going to cost us that much money because the ease of entry to these mines is, you know, they're all very, very easy. Um, the only reason is we just haven't, we've got 150 years of data. So that's the starting point. We don't have to go and put a, a, a you know, a hole in the ground, in, you know, in most of the cases because we actually have the sampling information of the last phases that's been operated. And we can actually access many of those faces, and but but uh, but the, this over 400 uh, ounce reserve that we've just declared now, um, that is that's not looking. If you look at the at, at the mine plans, you'll see 
um, how sort of artificial that number is actually, because the inferred resources just expands um, from where this mine plan is. So immediately when we start in these mines, um, the development into the inferred areas and drilling work there would also start. So, so it's, it will be a natural, almost part of production process to increase the reserve of the working mines while we're bringing in all the other mines. When we spoke to Bill back at the end of August, beginning of September, tw- uh, would it be 26 cents, 24 cents today? But you, there, there wasn't a sort of immediate reaction, I think, after you came in. The price went up to, I think, as high as uh, probably 40 cents, right? Um, and it's come away again. Do you think it's a case of people are excited about having you running this thing, a local guy running the operations? Or do you think there's something like, you know, the ATM facility, which is going to put them off? Because you, you've come right back down to 24 cents again. So people got excited and then they're not so excited. So w- what happened there? So look, I mean, obviously with a change of direction, um, you know, people would be concerned, right? Rightly so. Um, and, and the, you know, me coming in, I'm not necessarily, you know, necessarily, you know, that well known, maybe outside. Uh, I'd like to sort of stay under the radar. And having worked for uh, you know a private company over the last uh, five and a half years, was you know didn't really go and talk to the world about what we were doing. Um, so, and the ATM facility, you know, that probably is something that the market looked at. Said, well, what is this? But the you know to me. The fun, you know, the fundamentals of the business is what's important there. I don't think there are many, many, um, you know, resources like this left where you have a starting position of six million ounces, um, extremely flexible in terms of access, and and you and and this is going to to expand. So six million is just a start. Um, so I think when people, you know, people want to see us now develop. I think that's what, you know, enough talk. I, I think I think the investor world now wants us to see develop this thing. Um, so we need we need about $50 million over the next uh, year or so to complete our, our feasibility work to um, and to to do some more exploration work, etc. But but core to Starting up is the feasibility work that needs to be completed. And we're beyond the pre-feasibility stage, actually. So we're already well on our way to, to taking it to a bankable level. And, you know, so that's what people want to see. They now want to see progress, and that's what we get for. And the capital, um, you know, we, we plan the first phase. will give us, um, it will sort of peak at, at 70,000 ounces per annum. And that, as I said to you, is you know, really just a starting point. So the, the build-up to 160,000 ounces per annum, Within the next five years, and I think Paul also spoke about that. That still stands. It's still still the same. In fact, we we have to sort of throttle uh, ourselves a bit, uh, you know, to stay on 160. But I mean, that's what we put out there, and that's what we we plan to achieve. So people want to see first gold, and that's what we're on our way to. Okay, so there's a few a few things there, Matfred. I just want I just want to be really, really clear about how this thing gets pieced together. Okay, you took about fifty another fifty million bucks or so over the next year. Right to get a feasibility done, you said to me earlier, it's quite cheap. It's not expensive. Not cheap. Yeah. It's not so expensive to add the ounces because at four hundred nineteen 
thousand maiden resource, no one's really interested, I suspect. But how quickly will you be adding those ounces? What is the actual cost of that in relation to the 50 million you're going to raise? No, so one five. So, so we need oh, one five. Thank you. One Thank five. you. One five. Fifteen. Yes, which is so this? Which is this at the market facility that you've put in place? Is it? Yeah. So that's it's it's that plus you know there's various conversations happening, um, uh, you know, to to raise that. So that that obviously would would be more of an equity um, raise, but then they will be in a position where we can give, you know, a very um, sort of confident. Uh, um, sort of plan which and then we need about 40 million dollars to build the first basically put bring the fir- first mine and the plant and the tailing facility um uh, to production so so that's so so all in all we need about 55 million dollars to get into production and then after that um the you know the short payback we we have um, we don't foresee unless unless we want to do it for gearing rate ratio purposes or something, we don't actually foresee ourselves um, needing to go go back to the market after that. The build-up will then be able to be self-funded. Right. Okay. And so the numbers that Bell's talked about previously, 160,000, um, I remember, but these are going to be answers from different places because we're going underground now. So it's different from the open cast, open pit solutions. So um, Again, people are going to be interested in see how you're going to do that, given that sort of early stage in the underground thesis for you. So how do you deliver 70,000 answers and when does that manifest itself? Yeah, so so we um, will, the mining method that we'll employ is a, is a mechanized long haul stoping, which, and that's one of the sort of game changes really to compare to conventional mining. So basically, for the seventy thousand ounces, we we need to to put in place three what we call production units. There's a set of equipment that that deliver um, will deliver between twenty and thirty thousand uh, ounces per annum in terms of capacity and with the grades that we're working with. So so just to give you an idea, Beta Mine, which is the first mine that will start up, that alone can actually accommodate three of these production units. Um, and so we're going to start up three mines because we want to, to and it sounds, it sounds like a lot, but because these are really just the edits running into the mountain, um, we're actually creating flexibility from the start. So we'll, between these mines that we'll start off, up, we'll have capacity to you know, start six production units. But this is where we start. And then we're adding the other mines as well. You know, we'll we'll put ourselves in a position to go beyond this 160,000 sort of ounce that we put in there by doing that. Um, so we don't want to sort of go put all our eggs in one one basket. And that the timelines to get into these mines are very short. I mean, we walk in them into these mines today. It's it's you know it's it's amazing ground con- conditions. So it's really just equipping, putting services, um, getting you know getting the mining kit. Um, and um, you know, and, and and start mining. So, so really, what we need to to upgrade the plant. So we've done we've done metallurgical test work on four mines now, um, initial test work, very encouraging results. And then we've done in-depth um, test work on what you know to start with the most difficult metallurgy of uh, Frankfurt mine, and uh, very encouraging results. So, so we know what what our metallurgical solutions uh, will be. Sort of almost worst case, and we've got so so in the pre-feasibility study, we've got an 84% recovery factor. 
Um, but uh, I'm very positive that that number will go. So, so, I, so I guess if we piece some of the information together, so you're saying the, the metallurgical, you've gone for the most difficult, you know, people need to understand the, the importance of the metallurgical. So recovery, 84%, good. Um, economics, you suggested earlier, will be good as well. So the network's giving you comfort on not just the recovery, but the economics too. Yeah, so, so on this on this initial um, uh, uh, pre-feasibility study, which, as I mentioned, is really just a starting point, there's NPV of about um, $91 million on, on that project. Um, the payback from, from start of production um, is about 13 months on that project. Uh, it's, and, and, that's on a, and that's on a gold price of $1,570 an ounce. Um, if you look at, uh, you know, around at the $1,700, hopefully the gold price, you know, stays there, then, you know, then MPV of $115 million. So it is, it's, you know, the cost, you know, without making predictions about the gold price, but the low cost that we're able to operate in basically makes us robust against, against any gold price. Um, so the IRR, um, 80, 83%, um, you know, so, so it's a, it's a good solid project as a standalone and, and it's, it's actually, um, it's not an optimized, uh, plan because we're not filling the plant. We have, we have, um, surface sources, as you can imagine, lots of, lots of dumps from the, you know, old times that, that we have access to. So we're basically from day one, we'd, we'd fill the plant as we build up a profile and the drop off it. You know, at any stage, we'll fall also with surface Right. So you're, you're, you're blending um, tailings in there as well. What, so why, why most people would be keen to, you know, optimize the plan or have it running at full tilt. Why are you suggesting otherwise? No, no, no. We will for, for sure. But as a, as a starting point, we just looked at the, under, the, the three mines underground resources, a standalone project. And... Um, and we, as I said, we excluded inferred resources. So, so it's, it's not optimized from that sense. It gives an in, initial indication of the economics. By, by basically sweating the assets, um, which we will obviously do by filling the plant with, you know, various sources. Um, you know, we just, uh, you know, the, the economics will be better than what we can do. Right. What, what is the, what's the, what's the size and what's the grade of the tailings component? Because obviously there's a lot of mines around there, of, of former producing mines, there's got, got to be a lot of tailings. You know, have you put a value on what could be contained in there, metal in the ground? Yeah, so we have lots of, it's not just tailings. We have uh, old drop dumps, actually. You know, in the old days, they, they hand sorted. So they bring the ore out from underground and they would actually have people hand sorting it. And um, so, so we have, you know, dumps that comes from the you know, 1920s and 1910s that's lying around of actually rock dumps that, um, you know, and you've, you've got grades um, up to two grams a ton lying in that. Um, and then we have tailings as well. I mean, we, and, and we, we're busy looking at um, whether we're going to bring in tailings uh, early on. Uh, whether we're just going to focus on, on the rock dump. So that's all part of the sort of studies that we that we busy with. But there's there's um, there's about a million ounces lying in in surface sources, right? Not not open cars, surface sources, dumps lying there. Right. Okay. Um, so, so let's look at how this this thing gets pieced together. Then. So you're suggesting seventy thousand ounces is, is is a reasonable target, ramping up to one hundred and sixty in five years. So is that right? Right. Yes. Okay. Um, so, what do you, you also mentioned exploration. So, exploration to to what end? Are you 
you know, you've got 150 years worth of data. You've got to process that. I can't, I can't imagine it's all digitized, but what does that process look like going forward to you? What is the focus? You know, how much effort are you putting into that in terms of dollars? Yeah, so, so as you say, I mean, most of it's not digitized yet. I mean, uh, so what we have in the 6 million ounces has been, you know, that's been the focus of the, you know, the studies until now with some exploration drilling that, that um, Bill would have spoken about in the past, um, mainly for the open cost. Now, with these... You know, these, these adders that run, they run into the mountain. So most of our exploration work would be done from underground. So, so between, you know, you start up a mine, you start, you start mining there around, you know, the areas where, where you have the, the confidence and then you explore from there. Um, so that's going to be most of it between advanced development and exploration drilling from underground. But there are areas as well where we will do some surface drilling. Um, but you know that's not the main focus at this stage. We've got enough uh, enough to um, keep ourselves busy for, for quite a while. And how much money are you allocating to that? Um, yeah, so there's there's um, there's a there's a bit in the first within the fifteen million dollars that I, I spoke about. There's there's a, a bit allocated to that, but it's it's not much drilling. It's more the actual investigation and, and working with um, with our partners, uh, Minixcom. To actually bring bring these other old mines into into um, right. play as well. Well, I just that's well, that answers the question. I'm, I'm trying to work out where you attribute your efforts because you've got a, I think at a you know 120 million market cap, you're you're going to probably tell me you're undervalued. Well, you should do if you're a public uh, market CEO. Um, where what what sort of information do you need to put into market? People like to go with high grade headlines. Other people like to go with you know I've got six million ounces. Um, you know what's the story that you want to come to market with? Well, I, I would I would just tell the market um, you know six million ounces is is, is significant to start with, um, and that's only looking at uh, at six mines really. And there's another 40 that uh, that we have 150 years worth of paperwork and access. Um, just last week, uh, Jock, uh, the, the CEO, um, you know, phoned me with excitement. You know, having walked into uh, two of the other mines. You know, so so I said, yeah, wait, we've got our hands full for now. But so yeah, so this is a, this is really just the tip of the iceberg that that we have here. And um, and looking at the economics of of this first. Phase and and knowing what uh, you know that's that's almost eight years of production on its own and it's, and it's you know it is this thing is this thing is big um, and and I mean you talk about underground mines starting underground mines and um, starting one mine today would be more expensive than you know than what uh, it would take us to start you know six mines so um, I think uh, I think people will slowly start to to realize what this thing is when we start to get into production, um, because you know we may be talking too much about it. Maybe we should just uh, do. <laughs> never never minded that attitude. And but but here's here's the kind of um, dilemma I think investors have, which is like you've got six million answers you've announced, but that's from open cast, right? You've got you know let's say four hundred twenty thousand answers from the underground. And, you know, is, is there much overlap there or are you going to have to announce to market a whole set of like new resource numbers for, in relation to the underground? And, and also, therefore, what's actually left 
in all of these mines because they have been mined. No, no. So the six million ounces underground open cost uh, um, combined. That's what we have. Um, the 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 overall reserve now the underground plus the the open cost is under five hundred and eighty thousand ounces. So so that's that's where we stand now. That the 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 open cost will be brought into the plan. Um, you know, as we expand the, the the plant capacity, so we're not we're not walking away from the from the open cost. No, I understand that. But what was the timeline before you're able to kind of monetize that? Some of it. Yeah. Look, I mean, the the as as we now stand, I mean, if we if we're going to fill the plant with um, five grams a ton plus from from underground, and we have enough to fill it, you know, building up to eighty thousand tons per month. Um, which would take us to our 160,000 ounces. Um, we actually don't have a place in there for for the you know two to three grams a ton from from open cost. So, um, but that doesn't say that we not uh, that we can't expand the plant capacity further. So, so you know at this stage, you know within the next decade, um, the focus would be if we limit ourselves to 80,000 tons. Uh, it will be on, on mostly on the underground. Right. So it begs the question then, you know, you've got 6 million ounces with open cast, right? Uh, that's great, but all the value is in the ground. So how do you benefit from it? How do shareholders benefit from it? And do you have to spend any money you make from the underground stuff to actually access the open cast? Do you know, how does that money flow look to you? Yeah, no, the open class is, is, is um, the underground out of the six and a half million ounces or six million ounces is four and a half million ounces. That's underground. So the, so the open class is actually the, you know, it doesn't have uh, as many ounces. And it's a, so that lies over, over two mining rights. Um, there's other opportunities as well. But the first one on mining right uh, 83, which is, was the focus. So that one, um, we, you know, it's the work's been done. We can bring it in at any time. As I say, you know, investors will. You know, I don't think they really care where we mine from, as long as we give them the best, uh, the best return. And that's what we're going to give them. Um, uh, better than what they would have uh, received if we just stuck with, with open cost plan. Yeah, no, I understand that. I understand that. And yeah, you know, you've got to you've got to create value for for, for sure. Um, but you know, the, the 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 question is, you know, so a lot of uh, what we have seen in the past with companies is they kind of don't create value because any money that they do create, they pump back into the ground and the shareholders don't get the benefit of it because it's just continuing mine, 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 pump the money back in the ground attitude. I'm just wondering your attitude, yes. which is you know, how you're coming out. I think you've been quite clear, but it's probably worth stating again. Yeah, look, um, to, to me, um, you know, the, the, I don't like asking for money. Um, so to me, that's that's. Uh, I want to get out of that that position. I want to give money. So, <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. I, so you know, being self-funded after the first phase, and I think getting into production and then building. We're talking about three decades. Uh, you know, the first decade, um, building up to hundred sixty thousand ounces, would only consume about a million ounces, and that's just with the current resource. So, so, so this thing, um, you know, it will become self-funded, and the constraints, uh, you know, would, would, would quickly sort of uh, diminish. Um, you know, it will really be our own sort of uh, uh, capacity that we create around ourselves um, that would determine how big we go. Yeah, 
At this stage, we, you know, we focus on the 160,000 ounces, and that we will deliver. Beautiful. Um, well, thank you very much. Uh, one, nice to meet you, and two, uh, thank you for explaining the new strategy and um, how you're going to deliver. I think in terms of just today as an introduction to you, that's been really, really useful. And perhaps if you come back on, and I hope you do, we can sort of dig into the weeds a little bit about how you're going to deliver the project scaling um, over the next uh, few years for sure. And you can explain to me why your company um, is investing in uh, digital back bullion asset management at that time too, right? Um, Okay, well, um, Medford, thanks so much for today. Uh, We'll speak to you soon. Uh, Stay in touch, okay? Thank you, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.